0: Good evening. It is a joy to be here this evening. I want to thank Pastor David for allowing me to preach. I consider it a privilege to preach, and I love preaching God's Word. So it is a joy to be here. Our family just got back from Dayton, Ohio, 13-hour trip with six kids in the car. And I encouraged everybody to have a time of rest as the holidays came And prayerfully, everybody had rest. And we had wonderful rest. But on the trip home, I encouraged all my kids to write out three things that they would like to serve the Lord in this year. So they had 13 hours to do this with fighting with their brothers and sisters. And it was amazing that some of them were to treat my brother and sister better. Um, But we got back a little bit um, early so we could have Saturday and have a little time of getting everything together and spend time as a family. And Saturday morning, we all gathered in the living room. And so I told them to bring a piece of paper and to share with us um, what their three desires for the year to serve the Lord. And it was a wonderful, sweet time. And I encourage you as an individual and as families to spend some time to ask yourselves, what is the three things that I want to do or one thing that I'd like to do for the Lord this year? And it's, it's interesting because... That truth is different than the prayers we usually have for our kids. A lot of times the prayers for our kids are selfish. You know, we want them to have security, wealth, good school, education, and all that. But when you start praying for things of service, it changes a little bit. Because there's a little of letting go. So the message tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about service. But I encourage you maybe to spend a little time in the next couple of days or weeks... Um, discussing with your families or with those around you just areas of service this year. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But it's so wonderful because we got around, and went around the family, and I, I loved hearing the things that my older kids came up with. And we got to David. David was there twiddling with his fingers, real quiet. And he's only three years old, for you don't know um, little David. I said, so David, what do you want to do for the Lord this year? And I heard him say something about praying because he had heard some things about prayer. And Michaela was t- trying to urge him to give money. I don't know where that money was coming from. but And my wife was talking to him about maybe treating your brother and sister better. So everybody was trying to get him to say the spiritual answer. And then it got quiet, he was twiddling his hands. And he said, eat candy. So I know that the Bible says to do all that you do for the Lord. And so... David's going to be eating candy for the Lord this year, and, uh, but what was interesting is I wonder if his answer was not a little bit more honest than all of ours. See, the truth of the hedonistic ideas of humanity is we please self. You know, a child will bring out the truth, and the reality of our desires to serve God really many a times our desires. They really never find feet, and most of the times we really live out the things that we really want, and if we were truthful, most years that we've spent in our life has been eat, drink, and be merry. So the challenge that I have in the passage is going to come from our studies, and we're in the gospel project with the children, and so we're going through the entire Bible, and right now, we're in the life of Moses. And so the, the kids have just learned the birth of Moses and him in a basket. So we're going to look, talk a little bit about that. And I want to encourage, along the way in the sermon, I'm going to encourage you in several different things. But for you as families, if you have children, you're receiving an email from me. And if you're not, please let me know. But it's an email of three devotions. And I'm not telling you that the devotions are wonderful. They come from myself. They send them out to the families, but they deal with what the kids are learning in life groups. And the reason why I'm sending those out is because I believe there's validity in us, in our homes, teaching our kids what they're learning on Sunday. The reason why is because the Sunday school can teach it, and they come to church and they hear someone teach it, But it takes on a different meaning when dad believes it and mom believes it. So to hear about Moses is a story to them until it becomes reality and concrete in their life, in their little minds, because mom and dad also agree and teach the same truth. So I encourage you as you receive those, don't just click off it and erase it, but actually use them. And use them as a means of discussion, and you don't have to do my devotion, but maybe it'll stir some. And there's only three of them, so it's not, I'm full all week, but I encourage you. But we're going to be tonight in Exodus. We're going to be taking a look at the life of Moses. And really, I want to ask three questions tonight as we start 2016, and bringing application from this passage, and we're going to be in chapters 1, two, three, and 4, and part of 5. We're not going to read the whole thing. But all of this is going to come from these passages. But I want to start in chapter 1, verse 8. And as you're going there, I would like to ask this question, the first question. What is the perfect time for serving God? Amen. Amen. That, that's the message. Let's go home. <laughs> Asa going, <on>. yeah. <laughs> now, um, but, uh, but really, honestly... Today, but we're going to take a look at this. So, look at in verse 8, I'm going to read. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter and hard service in mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field. And all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah, and the other Puha, and when you serve as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birthstool, if it is a son, you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. Wonderful times, this was, to be a, a part of the nation of Israel. And Wes Johnson gave a challenge this morning to read through the Bible. And I want to encourage, once again, as we start the year, to begin reading through the Bible as well. And I would encourage you not to do it as a checklist, but to encourage you to do it so that your mind would be renewed in the truth of Christ. See, here's the challenge that we have in our time, and we talked about in our Sunday school. If we allow our mind to dwell on Facebook, and I call it the Facebook facade, we allow our minds to actually think that everything's supposed to be perfect. I want you. I want that to sink in a little bit. You ever look at Facebook and in your own heart feel that you're inadequate? that things aren't as good. And I had someone in my class said, I want to start a new site. It's called Things Are Horrible. or something I can't remember what the site is, and people can post all the difficult things going on. But it is interesting, and, and myself included, there's this desire that everybody likes what we do. The challenge in life is, though, as we read God's Word, and as we go through the Word of God, guess what? there's not a lot of time periods where you could just say, woo, boy, that's a great time period to be alive. And the challenge that I've seen is many people keep talking about how horrible our government is and how horrible the world is and how bad the times are getting, and boy, we ought to just turn over and give up. But if you read through the Scriptures and you let your mind dwell in the Scriptures, I'll tell you what, there is no time that you can just say, boy, that was an easy time to serve the Lord. And this was no different. We just looked at the life of Christ. He was of noble um, uh, name. But here it is, Moses comes into the same thing. He's not of noble birth. He's a slave. In a time where he's being treated, the people of Israel are being treated harshly. They're slaves. And yet, it is the time that God chose for Moses to be the messenger, the prophet that would come, and the truth of God's law would settle within the people's hearts. I guess the challenge I have for us is, 2016, is this year the year that you will serve God? I think many of times we will mask all that's going on and we will spend our time discussing about how bad things are. And I a lot of times think it's an excuse for us to busy ourselves with frustration, anxiety, and fear so that we won't step out by faith and say, God, use me right now. Really, to be honest, there's only two answers, yes or no. And I think these are the the three answers of no you could have. Yes is I'm obedient. God, here I am, use me. And what the kids learn in Mission Adventures is, Lord, send me, here I am. There's no questions about that. But see, God today and everybody in here, I would hope that we agree, there is no question that God wants you to be a part of the kingdom. Right? Everybody in here as we sit here, We are partakers and we've partnered with the kingdom of God that we might reach as many as we have daylight. There's daylight right now. And there's going to come a time when God comes when no more gospel will go out. So we all agree we're partnering with the good news of the gospel of Christ. But the answers of no I've heard. And this may go for some of the younger people, but it may even go for some older people is no, not right now. Not now. The time is not right. I need to get everything settled. I need to get everything right. I need to get my finances right. I need to get my bank account right. I need to get my family settled. But the truth of the matter is, the question that is asked before us, before the Lord, is go. Or will you go? That's the question. And if we say not now, but later, we're saying no. It's disobedience. And there may be some of you in here that have served for a length of days. And you have the the white hair. And you might be saying, I've already served. I will as well encourage you to understand that that is also saying no to the Lord. Because your time is not finished. And I'll tell you what. There is nothing more beautiful than those of the feet of God's servants. Serving till the very last breath. It's a beautiful sight. And maybe it is, and maybe this is the most honest answer of serving God. It's just, Lord, no, not going to. So as we sit here and we face 2016... Let me say this. This is for all of us. Just because I'm a minister doesn't mean that I'm going to say yes to all that God tells me to do. We all face this year, and we have daylight, and God has told us to serve Him. Interesting thing is Moses in Exodus chapter 3, in verse 13. I'm going to read a couple of his responses. Listen to his responses. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is this name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So Moses questioned, well, who should I say sent me? Moses had some doubts and he had some questions. Again, in chapter 4, after God explains that to you. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Maybe some of you are saying, I'm inadequate, me. Why would I have the authority, or what I, why would I have the means by which to share the gospel? And again in chapter 4, verse 10, but Moses said to the Lord, "Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Guess what Moses, or the Lord said in his anger towards Moses? I'm going to give you Aaron. You know what the interesting thing is? Aaron spoke very little. You know who spoke? Moses. I think an interesting thing I've heard even within our staff, and I may be corrected, but Daniel said he was an introvert when he was younger. Isn't that amazing? How God uses an introvert. I'll tell you what, the worship tonight was awesome. Can you imagine if Daniel would have said no? You know who else was an introvert? Strangely, it's the Pastor David. He said he was an introvert. He didn't like to talk. Can you imagine if Pastor David said, "I, I can't do it? What are the reasons why, in your heart, that you're not serving God? Is there reasons? So my first question is, when is the greatest time? And the time is now. So I go to the next question, is how can we do this? So I would like to look in chapter 4, listen to what the passage of Scripture says, 4 verse 18 Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. I wonder if when Moses went back to ask his father-in-law, if he was going, Please tell me I can't go. And now he says, Go in peace. Go do what the Lord has told you. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt, for all the men who are seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. Aren't those beautiful words? How beautiful are the feet of those who share the gospel, provide the good news of Christ. And this is the part that I love. And went back to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the staff of God in his hand. See, how do we serve God? I'm not saying seminary is not something that you need to do, but seminary is not how you serve God. Schooling is not how you serve God. Doing 100 sit ups every morning is not serving God. Isn't it amazing we don't have to do something to serve God? Isn't it amazing? All we have to do is get up on our feet and go. And take the power of the Lord. See, what that's called is faith. And when we're saved, faith is what we are saved by. For we believe what God says and we go. So the question then is how do we go? You got to have faith. But remember, if we're not reading God's Word, number one, we're not being challenged with what God says. Number two, you're not going to hear from God. If you don't know what God is saying, and you're hearing what the world says, the world is going to tell you something totally different. The things of God make no sense I remember when my sister was called to Ethiopia, and they've been there for almost 15 years providing the Word of God, and they're celebrating right now. For Christmas, they celebrated the New Testament in the language of a people that didn't know the Bible. But here's the thing I remember my sister as she was preparing to go to Ethiopia. My grandparents are saying, Why would you send your daughter to Ethiopia? Makes no sense. And see, if we hear the voice of the world, those things make no sense. But when we hear the word of the Lord, he tells us to go. And by faith, we step out and we follow the Lord. Think about Moses' mother. I know we may not think of the call that much of what she had to do. But one morning or afternoon, she had to take her son, put him in a basket, and send him off, trusting that God would do something great through Moses. I want us to think about that with our own kids. I still meet with Pastor Gary every once in a while, and he mentors me in different things. And one of the questions that Pastor Gary asked me was what one brave thing do you need to do right now by faith? What is it for you? What one thing do you need to step out by faith and bravery to do right now? And how willing are you to step out? Well, we come to the last question, which is why. Why do we do this? So I'd like to end in several passages. But in chapter 6, listen to this, in verse 6. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." I will bring you into the land that I swore to you to give to your father Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. John Piper has a passage that he wrote, and he says, Our fathers, this is Psalm 106, 7, 8. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake. I want you to think of the whole story of Moses. Why were the nation of Israel even in Egypt? It's because God put them there. The whole visions of Joseph being able to tell Pharaoh's dreams, God placed them under slavery. We... We don't want to hear that. That's not the message of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. God places people under slavery? Certainly not. If you're under slavery today, would you be so frustrated with slavery that you wouldn't serve the Lord? See, the truth of the matter is, you're going to be slave to somebody. And the truth of the matter is, is I pray that we will be enslaved to the righteous king and the works of serving the master. And so as we take a look at this passage, God places them there. He moves the king or the pharaoh. The Pharaoh now places the the people under judgment and he allows them to cry out to him. And when they cry out to him, God responds with sending Moses. He does the work. He enables Moses. He speaks to Moses. He aids Moses. Now, if you are thinking today that serving God is for the purpose of something for you, let me remind you, Moses never entered into the promised land. Some people would say that's a life that was lived in in total waste. He did all that he did to come to to the, the very edge of the promised land. He couldn't go in. What a wasted life, some would say. No, Moses was called the prophet unlike any other because he spoke with God face to face in Deuteronomy. Can you imagine being the messenger of the Lord that spoke on behalf of God Almighty? But do you realize that we as well can be the messengers of God and have the voice of the Lord in people's lives? Not that we become prophets. Not that we have some extra understanding of Scripture that we can tell people, but by God's Word, we can actually go and minister to people by speaking to them the truth of God. See, Anodamion is in the year, year of the Lord that we see, that we talk of the birth of Christ and we just celebrate it. But my question for us is, is today the year of the Lord? And the truth is, he's alive today. And he's still working. And he wants to be a part of our life. But he can't unless we willingly allow him. And so my encouragement to us as we look at 2016 is to really think of these three things. The time is now. It's through faith. And why is to glorify the Lord? My encouragement to you is look for opportunities and pray about it. And if, it, if you're, anything pops in your mind about children's ministry, you don't even need to pray about it. You just come straight to me. But on a serious note, As as I was traveling and talking to some pastors and ministers and, and hearing about other churches, one of the sad things that I noticed in a couple of the churches and just different things that I viewed was the lack of children in the churches. And when I talk to people about ministry, you know the one thing that churches are always asking for? We wish we could have some young families. If we could only bring in young families and have these families here and these kids, we could grow and we could be a great church and minister. And a lot of times, you go into a lot of churches, you know what you see? A lot of people that are over 60. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But isn't there a joy in having children? Children's ministry? Guess what, though? There's a responsibility. You know, if I were to ask most of the churches across America that don't have any families, they would do anything to be a part of that. And I know Ace is smiling too. Same with youth. You go across most of the churches, they're, tr- they're begging to get student ministries and children's ministries. But there's a responsibility. My question in a church our size should we be asking for children's helpers and teachers and youth teachers? We shouldn't be asking. You know why? Because the need is before us and has become before our church. And I'll tell you this we're being disobedient. And please hear me, I don't want you to feel guilty. It's not about my ministry, it's about God's kingdom. The opportunity of 500 children. When I told the church we had 500 children in our church, they almost passed over dead. Do you see that as an opportunity? Because I sometimes question opportunities. Teachers. Ruth Dean is leading worship up there with the kids. I wish you could see it up there. She has asked for three years trying to find people to work up there. Can't find anybody. You know, and I'm sure we could have all the ministries I I know. I wish Cheryl, because I know she always wants to be represented too in her ministry. But think about this. We have internationals coming into our church. God is bringing people to our doors from all over the world, and they're getting saved. Is that an opportunity? Oh, man. If we were sensitive to the Lord, God would be placing us in these areas. There would be no need. So my encouragement is for all of us. The opportunity. So I'm going to have, as, as Daniel comes, the, the invitation today is, number one, maybe you're in here today, and what I'm talking about doesn't even make sense. Because you're like, serve God? I really don't even know God. The first step is having a relationship with Christ. And that can only be done through stepping out and saying, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His death on the cross and His resurrection. So maybe tonight it's that you. your first step is i got to be a follower of Christ first. I have to step out by faith to say that I am a follower of Christ. And maybe tonight you don't have a church home and you've just kind of been wandering and there's no one holding you accountable, no one encouraging you. You're not investing into a church body. Maybe it's that you need to make a commitment to be a member here at Westside. And maybe you have not been obedient in believer's baptism. And you've said, I just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make that step. But that's the next step of obedience in following Christ. So tonight I'm going to come front forward and then there may be a couple other ministers. And if there is any decision that you'd like to make tonight, the, the altar is open. Don't be scared. It's a place where Christ is waiting to meet you. So let me pray for us before we have our invitation. So Father, thank you so much for this evening. God, I just pray right now that you would work in the hearts of your people. Not out of obligation or not out of guilt. But God, I pray that our hearts would be broken for a desire and a love and a passion to serve you. And God, if there is anybody here that doesn't know you, God, I pray they would not leave this church without committing their life to you. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.